everyone welcome back to touch and go i'm here sitting with my new friend london who i met this weekend uh, at the beach and we found out that we're both interested in the podcast scene in the youtube blogging scene so we're here for a little collaborative uh, episode together hey london how are you hey odina i'm super excited already <laughs> me too <laughs> okay so Hi guys, welcome back to the podcast. My name is London, the creator, and this is Tea with London, the show that is tailored for everybody. I'm super excited today because I have a new friend on my podcast. This is not going to be so structured like I always do, like talking to people with high professions and everything. This is someone who is just a friend. Are you telling me I don't have a high profession? No, that's <laughs> not it anyway. Scratch that. <laughs> um, so I have this really cool friend I met over the weekend. She's Adina. She's from Canada. And we realized the both of us have great interest in podcasting and YouTube. In. And we decided to watch the sunrise and record something interesting. So this is kind of like... We're, we're, achieving, we're achieving half of that. There's no sunrise, but we're here recording at least. <laughs> we're here recording. And that's the whole point. Um, so today we'll be talking about something that is very interesting to everybody that lives in every part of the world. Um, if you're a Ghanaian, you're Canadian, you're American you know this or you have experienced this one way or the other on today's episode of tea with london we would be talking about cultural shock dun, dun, dun. <laughs> no no sound effects needed <laughs> anyway yeah so we'll be talking about cultural shock um currently adina has been in ghana for almost three months i've been here for a month and a half and okay. i'll be here in total for about three months three months yeah. yes um, so definitely there are things that she has experienced that she is oddly shocked because she's like, do these people do this? And I'm certain that definitely she's had things about Ghana before she got to Ghana. Like, oh, maybe there are people who live in the forest. The forest, yeah, for sure. Well, Ghana is a big country. It has lots of different terrains. So. Yeah. I mean, did you ever hear that when you were coming to Ghana, like, oh, these people live in the wild? No, honestly, I didn't know much about Ghana before uh, before coming here. I was born in South Africa, so I've always felt very connected to the continent, and I knew that I always wanted to uh, come come back and uh, just like see what life was like uh, in parts of Africa for myself. I don't think I thought anyone lived in a forest. Like, so, there are definitely surprising things, and and we can go into them, but. I, I figured most people would at least have some kind of roof over their heads. Yeah. Good. So you never had the theory that all oh, Guineans actually live in the wild? No, is, is that a theory? I've never heard it. That the worst people always... I've had people say, oh, we live in the wild and we fight with the baboons and... Are there baboons here? I'm dying to see some monkeys in this country. <laughs> you should just go to the zoo then. The have you zoo? been to the Accra Zoo? No, we have zoos. I want to see them in natural Sorry. habitat. Sorry. Oh, then you should travel up north yeah. because then you can to see Mole them. National Park. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Oh, I you've do been doing research. your research. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so let's talk about some of the things that you got shocked about the very first minute you got to Ghana. Like, for instance, your first day alighting at the airport when you Easy. arrived. Easy. Well, first of all, I think... I, I arrived with a friend. We were the only two white people on the plane. That was number one. <laughs> uh, we arrive at the airport, this long, endless line to get um, a COVID test, which was mandatory at the time that we came. Um, no air conditioning, no thought of air conditioning in the airport, okay? We're all sweating buckets after a long, a long flight. 
Uh, that was number one. Um, I guess I'm used to airports with more, um, like with with places to buy food or to mm -hmm. look around, and this just seemed like an endless, endless line of going to this officer and that officer and that officer to sort of do the same thing mm -hmm. three times. And uh, I don't even want to think about my return trip right now, going back to that airport. Let's just leave it in the past. <laughs> okay. Um, did you get shocked about um, maybe anything in, in relation to our mannerisms? So the first thing that happened to me when I literally stepped out of the airport, we needed a taxi to get to uh, the Airbnb or the hostel that we were staying in. And uh, someone came up to us, got us a taxi, and immediately he pulls out a piece of paper with his name and his number already written on it. Like he didn't even start talking to me. He saw that he saw who I was, and he just gave me his his uh, his name Context. George and his contact info. He's like, "You need anything? You just call me." And I was like, "Oh, that's pretty sweet." At first, and then I thought about it later, and I was like, "That's kind of weird, isn't it?" He doesn't mm -hmm. even know my name. He's giving me his number, but. Thank I you, think George, he actually did that at all. <laughs> okay, you probably would need assistance now that you're in Ghana. Definitely, you might need assistance. I mean, some people do it out of generosity. I'm not gonna lie, Ghanaians are more hospitable. Like we. That's for sure. Yeah. We are, and so I don't think he had any bad blood giving you his contact. No, not at all. You but know, maybe I, felt... I should text him. Maybe I should see how he's doing. <laughs> maybe you should. Not everybody's that creepy. No, but, I mean, no. I didn't see it as creepy. I actually saw it as pretty kind. But uh, I don't think anyone in Toronto would do that. Okay. Just like that. Tell me something that is in Toronto that is so different here in Ghana. Well, the major thing that I'm doing here is working in schools. So I would say just the way that um, the structures are built are very different, like the physical buildings. Mm -hmm. For example, in a lot of the schools that we're working in, you'll have a class of 60 kids, two grades, let's say P4, P5, divided by a sheet with one teacher for both classes. And the teacher's talking like this, and the students are so loud. I don't know how anyone learns anything in there. There are chickens running around, you know, um, just like sandy floor. Uh, and I, I like it. I, I feel like very connected to the ground here, like to the actual earth here in Ghana. And you just don't get that feeling. Um, in Toronto, in Toronto or Canada really like schools are concrete buildings and everything has to be you know um, uniform put, yeah uniform put through safety tests security things like that so there would there would never be a chicken anywhere close to any students <laughs> <laughs> did you get the whole English and I mean the barrier with accent I love the accent here. Uh, I know some Ghanaians back home, so uh, it wasn't a shock to me to, to hear how you talked. I think it was a bigger challenge for the people I'm on my program with mm -hmm. because they're not from their their first language is not English. Mm -hmm. So uh, hearing English with like a heavy accent is is often difficult for them, and sometimes for me too. It depends, I think, where people come from in Ghana, mm -hmm. but uh, I I love the accent. It's fun. It's okay. interesting. Do, do you find my, my English difficult to listen to? No, I feel like it's the most simplest. Yeah. Well, that's because I, I think because I have worked with other people okay. um, who are not based off here and I have watched so many movies. Um, right. I sound which, like, like the movies. Yeah, exactly. Which kind of have like influence on me. So it's like, that would be great. <laughs> 
Okay. Yeah, so I don't think accent is actually a problem. Uh -huh. Do you want to have a cookie? I'll have a cookie. Thank you. Thank you. What's the Surprise name? Surprise guest. Come on. Hello, everyone. Hello. What's your name? My name is Nirin. Hey, Nirin. How are you doing? <laughs> are you a podcast as well? No. So we're talking about cultural shock. What was the one thing that shocked you when you got to Ghana? Really? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Honestly. Be honestly, honest as possible. This is tea with London. We're only honest. But it's, it's gonna sound bad. No, it doesn't matter. Like, I'm, we're very cool. Are you interviewing her? She's actually recording also for we're her. We're just helping each other here. So the one thing that shocked me is the way of living in terms of like housing and accommodation. Like the way houses are made, like materials that they're made, mm -hmm. things like that. Say well, more. back in Toronto, what's had the materials used in making your houses? Oh, I'm not from Toronto. Oh, she's from Toronto. Where are you from? I'm from England. Oh, great. Just, I don't know. Canadians love England, don't they? I mean, we were colonized by England. <laughs> <laughs> like the British, so it's like... Love-hate relationship, I guess. Mm -hmm. But this is all i got to say for now. <laughs> Bye, thank you. <laughs> That's it? No. Yeah, I'm not good at these You can't things. just drop a bomb and then not, you know, watch You're it explode. The end of the but you know what I mean? Tell us what you mean. What is your structure made of back in England? I don't really know. I guess um, cement, cement, concrete, concrete, wood. That's what we, that's what our houses are also made of. But they don't look quite the same. Okay. <laughs> Why? It's too hard for me. Are you should come no, on the podcast. No, it's not about yeah, come you. over here. I have an apartment. It's not. It's not big at all. Neri, I think what you're trying to say is. Like we have the structures are basic here. Yeah, the garden. Yes, basic. It's very basic. Okay. And and often well, and to our could, eyes, it could it be seems, easily broken. Right. Mm -hmm. We we just read with the kids. You know the book, uh, the Three Little Pigs. <laughs> you know. Yeah. That? With the whole straw. <laughs> the straw house, yeah. the brick house. Hi, 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 hi. They don't hey. break. They don't break. <laughs> I've never seen a Ghanaian home broken before. Like, Same. No, it's made up of gasem. Gana cement. So it's made of cement, concrete, and stuff like that. Not all of them. Yeah, not all. It's not. No, no, this is a village. Yes, in the village, the villages I'm talking about. Okay, so where I come from, villages that they're they don't they don't look like. Okay. Wow. It's very understandable. What do you mean? Wow. It's different terrain. Think about it. What do you mean? Wow. Because he's like, okay, so he's not been to. England before, so he's shocked. Your villages have like structures that are made of cement. We don't concrete. even call them villages. We don't have villages. Yeah. yeah, towns. The cities, they're very they're very um ur urban. And here, just not like that. It's not better or worse. It's just different. Like your basis is a sandy floor. Our basis is um like a built-up road. Yeah. You know, it's not better or worse. In no, fact, no, no, no. I really liked it, my straw different. hut that I slept in last night. <laughs> Another thing that I was surprised is all the um, the dirt, the rubbish on, put on the floor. No, no dustbins. Well, this That's conversation, I'm going to be Ghanaian enough, but I'm going to be racist enough in, <laughs> for my country. I think that um, that's one thing that we've been battling with, like trying to bring all it's sanity. Africa. Yeah, Africa. Also. I think Africa in the whole sanity, I mean, sanitation is one struggle because it's like, oh, how do you make this work? And then imagine. Government. So the government, then you ask yourself, but the, the government, government tries. The people. Sometimes the, exactly, the government is the people, the government is us. 
The government is everybody. So? Isn't the but government then, so corrupt? They need to provide no, 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 no. enough bins. The and so they need to provide a system where they take out the bins. So, for the because what happens is that everything. Wow. I, I walk in the street and I see Chelsea, bonfires and I'm like, oh, what is that? And apparently it's, it's people burning the, the rubbish because no one's... No one's taking so it let me give you a scenario. Um, I'm going to speak for the government, which okay. is the government, not the people. All right. um, so the government has tried things in their possible way to actually help sanitize. Now I'm going to be eating so much. <laughs> the government has tried so much. It is much. tea with London, so you need a biscuit with your tea. Mm. That was it. <laughs> so um, the government has tried things in possible means to help with sanitation. Like for instance, they provided bins. But here in Ghana, it's quite interesting to know that these bins are being provided. But some individuals in Ghana end up picking the bins from the roadside and putting it in their homes. Oh. Mm. So not, the, not the public local. system isn't working. Yes. yes. That's why I said the government is the people. You see, there are bins provided. I don't know the where you're coming from, you, you make sure it's been emptied from your own pocket. They expect the government to do everything. You, 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 you understand mm -hmm. so if there is a rubbish here and then it's piling up instead of community coming together and getting it rid of let me give you one interesting let right. me give you one interesting let me give you one interesting scenario so there was this um sanitation oh i think sure so there was this sanity <laughs> there was this sanitation folk that established um their company called zoom lion the whole purpose for establishing this company was to help with sanitation but can you imagine the interesting part of it all? Some Ghanaians put it in at the back of their minds. Oh, Zoom Lion is going to pick up this trash. So at the end of the day, if like, for instance, we're done with this cookie, rather than put it in your bag, find a bin and dust it and, and put it in a bin. A regular Ghanaian was not doing that. I'll just leave it there. I was like, oh, someone else, someone else, would, someone else would do it. I mean, what's, what's my job? Someone has it. And then the mentality is, oh, he or she is going to be paid for for that job so it's not my job to do so it's hard i mean it's hard i'm going to support the government that is the president and his like his um, other people his executives i'm going to side with them because they've tried their means but at the end of the day are we trying our possible best sometimes even sewages you know how you drain your sewage here in ghana it's hard you know someone could make um do like wash the tomato and slice it up, finish up everything, and end up throwing everything together with the water mm. in the gutter or just outside. Yeah. They wouldn't they wouldn't like sieve it through and have the water just draining dip differently and then having the particles from the tomato in the bin. Yeah. They're not doing that. I think my audience I, doesn't even know this, but in most of the roads here, at least in Winneba, um, they're lined by just like open gutters. So you sort of have to be careful where you walk so you don't actually but then, fall in. But definitely back in England or something, your gutters are covered. Super. Oh, underground there's, there's, system but here we don't have the underground system that has been something interesting that i even spoke about in a clubhouse group because i was like see if we have this underground sewage it was going to help because at the end of the day if we're leaving these trash on the floor they don't end up going into the gutters no so at the end of the day the people meant to clean could clean them up and, and then they, there is no yeah. there is no cost um there is no um there's no um, warning given to anybody that litters the ground. Like, if you're caught littering the ground, this will happen to you. I did find um, out that back in Qatar, you don't litter the place. You don't even spit anywhere. 
But here in Ghana, come on, everybody spits. Like, I think it's like, in almost I've, everybody spits. Everything. I've never seen anyone spit. That's quite revolting, actually. Well, I'm, I, I've seen. Uh, I've seen. Thank you. I've had. I've seen people actually having to get into the gutter and like actually clean it out because yeah. it's. And that's really unfortunate. Kids also that play there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which is like, why? But. Uh, you know how you were sorry. You no, were talking about punishments. So my friend in England got punished. She got a fine for throwing a cigarette on the floor. Where in England? Yeah. But here in Ghana, they don't do 50 that. Fifty pound or a hundred pound fine just for throwing a cigarette. So on the in floor. Singapore, I think if yeah. you if you spit out a piece of gum, it's like you're in jail for the rest of your life. Wow. No, not really. Yeah, exactly. Like, I did I did that research and I found that like in other parts of the country, this is the punishment you get for either spitting, littering, or just dropping littering, a cigarette. Yeah. It's but here in Ghana, but here in Ghana, if you litter, nobody cares. Who is even in charge? So I think there's a lack of like social responsibility, you might say. People put things people expect a lot from their government and I think that uh, the general sense is people really like the president, they like the government. I don't know if that's true among among you all. I don't talk political. Alright, we're just gonna move right on then. But, uh, I the mean, point like, is, from, from your story, it. which is quite interesting, mm-hmm. is here you were given a tool to uh, clean up your your beaches mm-hmm. and your streets, and um, you see that tool as like as work that's not meant for you. So I think maybe Ghanaians need to work on being there for one another. Yeah, I, like um, to be less like small small minded, you know, to to take initiative and, mm-hmm. and if you see a problem, like act on it. Yeah, like the beaches are the most beautiful part of this country, but you come close to the water and it's and just lined litter. with trash. Mm-hmm. It's a shame. That's it all is. I have to say. In Israel, we have. Um, can I say? Please. Yeah, yeah. just okay. say everything. In Israel, we have uh, groups that um, just decide one one Saturday to wake up and go clean the beach. People, oh, from so all we, over, people from all over come to come together to clean up rubbish. We do have NGOs that actually do that. We don't have individual bodies like saying that, it's, oh, I'm it's not, not in a body. An, yeah. It's not a body and it's not an NGO. Wow. Someone, someone just decides, we're going to create a Facebook group. Everyone, we're going, we're going to... Um, clean. Yes, we're going to gather on a Saturday at this hour. Whoever wants to come is welcome. And hundreds show up just to clean the beach. Wow. That's Maybe interesting. We could try it here. You guys we, ready? Yeah, I'm, <laughs> I, I'm up for it. Take initiative. Is, let's take initiative. But the thing is, how consistent is that going to be? How draining is that going to be? For instance, if you were the one coming up with this brilliant idea, um, some Guineans would expect you to handle certain things for them. Exactly. It's the same problem. It's, oh, it's Neri's idea, so I don't have to do anything. It's up so to me. So it's Neri. like, okay, so hi, Neri. So we're going to be here to clean the beaches. Um, what happens if I'm hungry? Are you gonna? That, that's, that's, yeah. <laughs> She's out. Too much responsibility. Exactly. That's too much responsibility. But then that's the thing. And then the consistency. Well, I think if we you're to... not there, who is going to continue? I hear what you're saying. I think it starts with like education in the home. For example, mm-hmm. like I was at the beach the other day, and a little kid came up to me. She was eating something, and then she just threw threw the paper. Um, really, without even thinking about it, she threw the wrapper on the ground. And I asked her, like, why did you do that? And she didn't even have an answer. Like, that's just I mean, what she does. What is she, so, yeah. what is she going to say? Like, a regular Ghanaian, like, sorry to say. But no, no. Well, some don't even have bins in your house. Wow. They so use, they yeah. use, um, this, um, they use this polythene bags as their trash bags. Mm-hmm. 
and then they dump things inside and at the end of the day um because there's no like a government to say there's this whole track like that comes to collect the thing like we do have that but some of them take money from you the individual like you have to pay some some homes will tell you they don't have the money to pay like every time the trash um car comes around for them to dump their trash inside so what do they do they end up banning the trash yeah. now, at the end of yeah. the day think about it in other sense that is air pollution sure not to say that landfills are that much better for the environment at the mm -hmm. end of the day it's just more what we're used to um but it's it's hard for me to see like i said these beautiful landscapes just sort of um really hurt by by the the waste that that we produce in this country like do people care about the environment here we a lot of people care and i'm honestly we do care I'm, i mean i do care about the environment i know of other people that do care about it because they're more into climate change like they, they read a lot about climate change and know the effects of climate change so they try their possible best to educate other people. But the thing is, sometimes I don't think the education has to come from individual bodies. It's, it's supposed to come from the government. But now think, you're doing the same yeah. thing that you Someone said your country Someone else is going to take does. care of it. <laughs> we're, we're, we're not, see, Mike the drop. government, <laughs> we're not doing the same, we're, we're not educating ourselves enough. Do you get what I'm saying? Like, I could have this knowledge, I could share it on my podcast, but... How different is that communication going? How how far is that communication traveling? Is the government also adding their voice to it? Like we said. I feel like if maybe it started from homes, like let's say Yeah, I think from like, homes. Community from wise, like let's say a group of friends, like and like you said, um it would like volunteer and it would be like, oh, I'll provide water and this after we are done we'll do add some activities to it. So that it be fun. I also think there's a lot of respect for um, older kids and the elderly in general. So older kids and people like us, young young adults, sort of have the responsibility to be the face of the, the, the world we want to see. So, you know, instead of leaving the box of cookies on the table, who knows how many kids are watching us take it and put it in our bags. You know, those little things, I think they make a difference. Mm -hmm. That's so true. Yeah. We have, we, have, we have companies in this country that do corporate social responsibility. Okay. No, I think you should have this. Can you can you tell us about it? Mm -hmm. but is it He's coming here. Yeah. We're talking about corporate social the, responsibility. Yeah, it's more in the private sector. It's more in the private sector than in the in the in the in the public. I mean, in the in the government sector. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> no, you want to introduce yourself? We do. Okay. I mean, so my name is my name is Julian Nana Osiabebiu. I'm 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 an entrepreneur. I run a, a business, a digital business. We provide digital services to to clients. We provide web development services. We provide software engineering services, content. I mean, like what we are doing now. So that's that's why. And I I run a, a touring, you know, business as well. Nice. Yeah, called Yankuchi. Wearing a lot of hats. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's not easy to be, you know, in these it's not shoes. Not easy to be me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, I mean, so I was talking about corporate social responsibilities. When the company has reached, a, they've reached a point where they feel like they've made enough profits, and then they've made some some milestones in business, they can decide to take up a community like Ada or maybe a community like Winneba or something, a place that needs something. It's either they, they need to clean up their place or they need to 
you know, they can take up a theme, like maybe girl-child education or menstrual cycle for ladies. They go to those villages and provide support. It's either maybe a town like Ada. Very soon, you know, very soon, um, people are going to redefine what Ada is. But it hasn't started yet. But until then, are these going to be the? I mean, is this going to be the situation of the the lakes? No. So then, a company can just decide that okay, yeah, we're just going to come around and and you know clean up the lakes, make sure it's presentable enough, make sure it's clean enough for people to actually swim. But then the question, Julian, is consistency. Yeah, continuation. Because if I am a brand that half the money to do this one quarter. Would I be able to do it the next quarter? Am I going to be the only company doing every quarter? That's the whole thing. That's the thing. I mean, um, like I, like I was saying, if the company has done it after after um, say after one season, mm-hmm. the next season they might want to call on other companies to help sponsor them with. I mean, some of the things they need to be able to. But do you also know that when it comes to tagging? Um, Ghanaians, not not Ghanaians, I don't know. Please let me not destroy my country. <laughs> um, you know that when it comes to tagging, like brands always pride in having the name for themselves. So let's say, for instance, if this bag brand happened to do like exercise their social corporate responsibility by cleaning up the beach, at the end of the day, they need to pride in saying, Oh, we did this. Yeah, they, they need to have their name on they it. They need to have their name on it. So now, if they're involving another company, now they're like, oh, now it's not going to be our stuff. So it's going to be this that, people. That, that, that is why, I mean, I'm speaking as an entrepreneur. As an entrepreneur, if I want to do something corporate social responsibility related, I would want to nail the very first one. Right. Do it very well. And after doing it very well, the second one, I may want to involve others, but then I'm going to be known as the one who started it. I mean, if I'm, I'm not, I'm not. I mean, you're the one that started. But then, doing it for the social, for the right reasons. Yeah, I'm doing it for the right reasons because what is motivating me to come all the way to come and you know help clean that. I mean, it's because I've, I feel it's, it's my responsibility as well. Mm-hmm. You understand? Ghanaians naturally like to. But then you the ask yourself again. You let's see? say, for instance, in a community where there's filth everywhere and then you come to clean is there education enough for the people living in that community that is knowing right. that if you clean up the people are not going to litter the place again that is the stress because i have seen other corporate bodies exercise their social corporate responsibility like in certain communities like cleaning up um sanitary pad given out to um, these young girls but at the end of the day how much is the education because for instance if you come to clean here how is your education sensitive to the point that even if you leave, these people would clean up? Yeah, it's like giving it's, it's, a man it's, it's, a fish it's a whole sustainability program. It's a whole sustainability. It's a whole sustainability program. I mean, you cannot come and clean up and not educate. And when we are educating people, you know that it's a continuous thing. It's not something that will stop at some point. That's what that's where a lot of companies don't get. So then, my thing is, if you are not ready, don't even start in the first place. So are brands going to say they are all not ready? No, there are brands that are doing it. Trust me. But then you see they are doing it. See, but then ask yourself, how M- how much is their MTN, impact? MTN, whatever challenge or whatever it is, it's a corporate social responsibility, and they are being consistent with it. You understand? 
Vodafone um, Save Lives or Health? Yeah, Healthline. Healthline. I mean, it's it's a corporate social responsibility, and they are still doing it. You understand? If you have the capacity to do the thing, and for brand consistency, you have a brand to protect. You have a brand to build. Your brand must be consistent. Consistency must be, brand, must be part of every brand. So in that regard, you are actually, you know, also letting your services out there, letting your your, your skill sets, letting everything out. Everybody, you are you are in the public eye. You don't want to disappoint the people. So you make sure that you are going beyond every level. You private writers that you have to provide. Do you understand? If a, I mean, a brand like MTN may not want to disappoint its people. A brand like Vodafone may not want to disappoint its people. So in that case, they try everything possible to be consistent. Do you understand? Then you know help in the sense is quite, even though there are similarities, but then it's quite different. If Vodafone is involving, um, not speaking against the brand, but then Vodafone involving themselves in health, like Healthline and then helping people with their health. That is something that everybody would probably like want to like, oh yeah, they care about our health. But then when it comes to sanity, it's the interest that high like Healthline. Mm. Do you get it? When it comes to health, everybody is so interested. Yeah, they they care about my health. So they are happy. But then sanitation. No, I mean, these are these are obviously themes that people would select because of what they stand to gain mm -hmm. after doing it, you understand? But there are also some themes, I mean, something like this, a community like Ada, when it comes about, when it comes to cleaning the beaches, if may, maybe a corporate entity comes in and they are willing to sponsor the cleaning, sponsor and pay the people who are ready to clean, I don't think this is a problem. Because the, um, the, the tree planting exercises, the sea defense walls, and all those things are projects that people are taking up within the coastal belt and has been very sustainable, has been very successful. Except that they haven't discovered all these places. It's, you know, it's very stressful to move around and discover these places. It's really stressful because there are certain points you can go to with the vehicle. And there are certain points you, you can go with, uh, you cannot you cannot go with the vehicle. It means that when you get off the vehicle, you need to get a canoe, get on a canoe, and just you know scavenge around the place to see what exactly is the problem with any place around here. I understand? Go to get there like this. If the sea has claimed the majority of the land, it's because there are not enough sea defense walls. So Papa J, JJ Rollins took this upon himself and facilitated the you know sea defense walls from somewhere in I mean Anyako coming all the way down to Keta. But it, I mean those are places that are easily accessible to people. Think about a place like Adan. You get to Chalikope, you need to get on a canoe and come all the way to Maranata. You need to get on a canoe and go all the way up there. Cars don't ply those routes. So how many people even know that? Sea defense walls needs to be built along these these places. It takes a lot of research. It takes a lot of you know. You, you understand what I'm saying? So slowly, so then, slowly, things are yeah. happening. We can't you say see, that they're not happening. Now, by the grace of God, Trasaku and Milton wanted to come and take over this place. I mean, I mean, this is this is something that I don't know. I, I didn't want to talk about, but I <laughs> had to, you know, because they feel the need to change the status quo. You understand? Once they change the status quo, everything around this place will change because two multinationals or multinational yeah, two multinationals are coming to take over. It means that the standard is going to increase. Already being here is expensive because 
I mean, food is not easily accessible here. Right. I mean, lack of infrastructure. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You see, so then now that people are coming in, it's going to even go up. It's going to go up unless it's an NGO that was like the last time I came here. I understand. I understand that it's an NGO that has taken up the educational system here. They are educating the the the, 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 the kids in this place. Do you understand? So then, I mean, it's 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 a, it's it's a steady process. That's why I think, I think that once you pick a theme and you want to, you know, leverage off the theme to be able to do something, you need to put in the work. Slow and steady. Slow and steady. Mm -hmm. It's not about being fast about results. You understand? It's not it's not about being quick about it's results. The bigger picture. You need to look at the bigger picture, and that's what motivates you to obviously, you know, do stuff like this. Push it. That's what I mean. Thanks for well, your thanks for sharing your talk with us. This is still Tea with London and... And uh, Touch and Go with Adina. Uh, this has been a really incredible episode. Exactly. I, I feel like we really got a taste of uh, different perspectives. Mm -hmm. We started with culture shock, moved on to garbage in the streets. You know, <laughs> what could be better than that? <laughs> so thanks to everyone for listening. Thanks for listening as well. All right. Bye. Bye.